I V M. You are listening to the Signal Daily, brought to you by Front Page Studios. The new year 2024 started with thousands of panicked consumers flanking petrol pumps all across central, western, and northern India, fearing that their cities will run out of petrol. I'm sure even you must have stood in long queues just to fill up petrol. But why did that happen in the first place? So the panic came at the heels and hands of a nationwide transportation strike organized by truck, bus, and tanker drivers. against the hit and run law drafted under the brand new bharatiya nyay sanhita the law lays down strict penalties for driving related accidents and most prominently raising the term of maximum imprisonment for hit and run cases from 2 years to 10 years with a fine of rupees 7 lakhs and that is where the problem started the protest was called by all india motor transport congress or the aimtc saying that drivers union should have at least been consulted before the law was drafted now at first glance harsh penalties for hit and run cases don't seem so bad but drivers have pointed out that the law will leave them with a shorter end of the stick according to a tamil nadu based union less than 2% of truck drivers are involved in hit and run cases and the only reason they run is out of fear of mob justice drivers also say they are disproportionately targeted by the new law which makes them vulnerable to police extortion now to voice their discontent truck drivers stopped their regular services set up blockades on roads and highways and held demonstrations across the country sharply impacting vehicular movement and supplies of fuel and essential goods for example gujarat madhya pradesh maharashtra rajasthan and uttar pradesh were the most affected by the strikes where road blockades were set up while other states such as punjab himachal pradesh uttarakhand and telangana have been feeling the pressure of fuel shortages according to money control around 2000 petrol pumps across the country ran out of stock on january 2nd which was the second day of the strike but any long term effects of a prolonged strike were thankfully cut short as the union home secretary ajay bhalla has assured the union that the law will not be implemented without first holding consultations with them So the strike as of now has come to an end and the union has directed all drivers to resume their operations. For the next few minutes you're going to know a little more than you did yesterday from the world of technology, business, policy and anything that leaves you with food for thought. Hello I'm Manaswini and this is the deep dive for 4th January 2024. In many ways, 53-year-old Claudine Gay has been at the center of a culture war unfolding in elite American universities in the wake of an actual bloody war in Gaza. Allow me to briefly recount the timeline. Just 3 months in office as Harvard University's first black president, Claudine Gay faced intense backlash from a section of funders and students for not taking strict action against a coalition of student groups which a day after Hamas attacked Israel had published an open letter holding Israel entirely responsible for the violence on November 29th the officer for civil rights of the US education department said that it would investigate Harvard over allegations of antisemitism and later in December a congressional hearing followed where she alongside presidents of MIT and the University of Pennsylvania 
fielded questions about whether the universities would discipline students calling for the genocide of Jews. And now, after weeks of public backlash, Claudine Gay has resigned from the presidency. Her six-month tenure as the head of Harvard is the shortest in the history of the most famous Ivy League school. As the New Statesman noted, and I quote, the culture war has claimed Claudine Gay. But honestly, in an ideal world, students and faculty alike should be free to air their political views. But well, let's not digress. Also, what seems to be the bigger issue here is that amid the political backlash, doubts have also been cast over the academic integrity of the former head of Harvard and I'm afraid the doubts are not baseless. On social media, Claudine Gay has been labelled as quote-unquote serial plagiarizer. In December, when the university looked into her scholarly works, it found in her doctoral dissertation two instances of quote-unquote duplicative language without appropriate attribution. Now, if you attend research classes in university, you may be able to recall that plagiarism, which is basically lifting somebody else's work without crediting them, is considered a serious sin, at least in the handful of academic departments which are worth their salt. Especially in schools like Harvard, students can face expulsion for a semester if they are caught plagiarizing. But seemingly, the school has not been strict with its former president. In fact, when conservative newspaper, the New York Post, approached the university regarding these allegations, it allegedly responded with the threat of defamation. Karen Swain is one of those researchers whose work has been allegedly not been properly cited in Claudine Gay's research. She told the New York Times that it is unacceptable to her and that, quote, Harvard University gets to redefine what plagiarism is when it suits its needs, end quote. For Harvard to have its president face allegations of plagiarism is, how do I put it, quite embarrassing? And more than anything, it raises doubt over the school's academic rigor. And for what it's worth, Harvard is not alone. Last year, another Ivy League school, Stanford, faced a similar situation when its president resigned in July after an independent panel of scientists concluded that at least four scientific papers he had co-authored contained quote-unquote apparent manipulation of research data by others. Altogether, these episodes paint a grim picture and the academic integrity of top Ivy League schools stands tainted currently. If you like listening to The Signal Daily, please show us some support. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We'd love to hear what you have to say about this podcast. So feel free to shoot an email at hello at thesignal.co. The Signal Daily is produced in association with IVM. The episode was researched and written by Dhruv Sharma and Anoop Samewal. Edited by Dinesh Narayanan. Produced by me. Mastered and mixed by Manasa Nirvan. You can catch this podcast every morning on Spotify, Apple, Amazon Prime Music, Google Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We are the signal.co on Instagram, LinkedIn and Twitter.